everybody. I hope you're doing well today. You're about to hear a sermon at Laurentian Wesleyan Church in North Bay, Ontario, Canada. Whether you attend our church or are listening for the first time, we sincerely pray this recording is of help to you. And don't forget, it's always better live. Join us each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Thanks again for listening. I want to speak today from that passage that, uh, that Werner just read about uh, new wine. And, uh, you know, some of you might think that's funny we're talking about wine today because, you know, I don't drink, but uh, we're going to talk about new wine. Here we go. Um, <clears throat> what do you, how do you respond when someone says, I'd like to try something new? If you want to put up that first image there, there was a, uh, there was a, a couple that, uh, I, w- I was at a, a spaghetti fundraiser. And, uh, you know, it was in the country, and they, uh, uh, and it was so strange to me because I found out that they had never had spaghetti before. They were, they were meat and potatoes kind of people, if you know what I mean. We kind of grew up that way, but we still had uh, spaghetti once in a while. I thought they were aliens. Like, what? You've never had spaghetti before? And, you know, I never did find out if they liked it or not. You know, often if you've never had it at that point in your life, you don't, you know, you're kind of a set <laughs> what you like, and, and uh, that's all right. Uh, so they, they tried spaghetti for the first time. I'll bet you've had some experiences like that, of just trying something for the first time. And, uh, you know, it can have varying degrees of, uh, you know, oh, I love this. Or, you know, I've, I've, uh, I don't know if, you're, if you've experienced this, but I find your tastes sometimes change over time. For some reason, I, uh, I, I don't really care for grapes. I haven't. But I'm on a grape kick right now. I love grapes. <laughs> They're on sale. I'm like, let's get some grapes. And, I'm, and I made the mistake of buying grapes with seeds in them. And I don't love those so much. But um, why do we not usually, you know, there's some, some of us love things that are new. But why is it, why do we struggle sometimes when someone says, you know, hey, let's try this new thing, right? Whatever it is, maybe new food or you know, these days, it's, a, you know, there's a, somebody sticking on some kind of new technology, right? And we're like, we just learned the old one, right? Why do we hesitate with some of that kind of stuff? Well, you know, when it comes to, uh, to new things, I mean, let me just state the obvious, perhaps, that it can be unfamiliar, right? A new thing is unfamiliar. It, uh, it, represents, uh, it represents change. And, uh, you know, nobody likes... Uh, uh, change except a baby, <laughs> right? Uh, some have said it's untested. And you know what? The new thing really at the end of the day, sometimes it always, it isn't always, but it could be better in every way. But we know the old thing, <laughs> right? We know the old thing. The new thing is untested. We don't know it. And sometimes we're like, well, no, I don't want, I know what I got and this is what I need and this is all I want. Sometimes we think that way. But, but Scripture has a lot to say about new. <laughs> it has a lot to say about new things and new, uh, uh, the, the potential of the new. And so what is the potential of the new? If you want to put up that picture to get you uh, the newborn baby today, right? A, you know, a newborn baby represents, I think, the potential of the new. It represents it. Fresh Fresh experiences. You know what? Sometimes, I'm sure you've experienced this, where you see the same sunset, 
from a different place and it becomes new, <laughs> right? You're like, beautiful. Isn't that when you'll, you know, you'll see the same, you know, I'm sure you've had this experience over these past week or two. You're like, I never noticed that tree before. And it's just a blaze with red or with uh, orange or yellow. You know, sometimes the new helps us rediscover things that we love, right? Don't we do this all the time in marriage, right? That there's, we just are kind of, you could almost say our whole lives are just kind of rediscovering uh, and having new experiences and being reminded of the love that we have for each other. Now, new, we don't like this part, but you know, when we think of friction, right? When we think of uh, a friction, I was, I've done this to myself before, and I don't know why I don't learn, but I was trying to lift a weight the other day, and I thought, oh, I can do this, and two days later, I couldn't move my arm, uh, right? You know, you've experienced that, but, but there's no growth there without some friction, without, uh, you know, no pain, no gain. That's not completely true, but, um, but there has to be friction, and friction causes growth, and growth is new, right? And there is potential there as we think of, as we think of a newborn baby. But when we talk about something new that God wants to do in our lives, uh, the comparison between the new and the old becomes even more distinct. We talked last week from Ephesians 4, um, I guess, was it last week or two weeks ago, uh, about uh, putting off our old selves and putting on the new, right? And uh, I shared how I used to think that it, there was a song. I'll, take, I'll tell you the best thing I ever did do was take off the old robe and put on the new. I used to think it said road, and I was so confused why we were singing about roads. But anyway, that we, you put on something new, right? Well, why? <laughs> why? We know our lives the way they are, right? But God wants to give you something much, much better, much better. You know what we've been watching, you know, as you do, there's some shows we've been watching and there's a, a gentleman that's dealing with addiction, right? And the challenge with addiction is we sometimes revert. We know it's bad, but we know it, <laughs> right? We know it. We know what to expect. And we sometimes get into these uh, cycles that are destructive. Well, God comes along and says, I want to do something new. I want to take you from from that destructive stuff. And we know that Scripture says that there's a, the sin in our lives is destructive in a lot of different ways. Eternally, we believe it is, but even just today, right? Can't we see that all the time when we, uh, when we talk to somebody? And if we, if we uh, talk to them in a way that is pleasing to the Lord, you know, that we would value them and put their needs first, boy, you know what? You know, sometimes there's exceptions when people are just, boy, they're angry at you for something or whatever. But doesn't that relationship go better <laughs> rather than like being destructive and like tearing them down and talking behind their back? God wants to do something new in us, even if we're like, well, these are the ways that I know I want to just stay here. So we uh, we come to a significant new statement in that passage that... Uh, uh, that Verna just read. If you want to put up the picture of the grapes that are next. And of course, obvious reasons why I would put these out because I love grapes these days. No, because of wine. Uh, just this one verse we're going to look at today from Matthew chapter 9, verse 17. Neither do men pour new wine into old wineskins, 
If they do, the skins will burst, and the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. God has something new for you today. New, new life, new freedom, new purpose. You know, I'm not, I'm not really that familiar with the process of making wine, but I kind of know the basics, right? You crush, you have that image of, uh, you know, people, I don't think they do it that way today, I don't know, but crushing grapes, you know, in a big vat with their feet. Um, that's, that's really why I don't drink wine. No, just kidding. Um, but I know that at its most basic level, right, grapes are crushed and they're left, uh, you know, the juice is left to ferment and there's a process there's a process there. You know, when you hear the word wine, you might immediately think of a, a bottle of wine or a large, you know, one of those uh, wine glasses. Uh, but in Bible times, wine was not kept in bottles, right? It was kept in wine skins. You, you know, you could have figured that out. Uh, now, if you want to go to the next slide, these were, these were actually goat skins that were sewn together. And, you know, on the left, we kind of maybe have that image. That's kind of a nice, clean image, you know, of that today. But it probably was a little bit more like the one on the right, uh, where they would sew uh, the goat skin together. And it, it became, there was a process where it became a watertight bag. And, uh, and they would put, they would put the wine into that. And when something ferments, of course, it expands, right? There's a, a, there's a process that happens there. And these goat skin bags were, were able to expand as they were a new, you know, they were new, they would be able to expand with the wine as it matured. And if you were to drink all the wine from one of these goat skin uh, bags, and then pour new wine into the bag, well, you can imagine what would happen, right? That new wine would then again, that process would continue, it would start to ferment and expand, and it might hold it for a little while, but eventually it would burst because that, that skin had already expanded, right? It already had kind of stretched and it couldn't hold any, uh, uh, any more wine. Now, as I understand it, it was... It was possible to use an old wineskin, but it couldn't be used as is. It had to be reconditioned and kind of, and I don't, you know, uh, that's beyond, beyond me. But, um, but you couldn't just pour the wine back into this thing because it, would, it just wouldn't work. And so the people understood this, right? And so Jesus was using this analogy to help them understand something. If you want to go to the next slide with the man on the mountain. So what is, what is Jesus teaching us from this passage? Part of what Jesus is doing here is making a statement about, about the new thing that he was coming to do, right? Uh, the Old Testament, uh, what we would call the Old Testament, represented or was the old covenant with the people. And, uh, you know, we know that Jesus often bunted heads with the Pharisees, right? Because so many Pharisees were so consumed with the rules, with the law. And there was a part of that that was good. But they, had, they seemingly had forgotten the purpose of the law, right? The purpose was to help people come to God. And Jesus was coming and saying, do you know what? There is something new that I'm bringing. I'm not only bringing new wine, a new work of, of, uh, of God, but I'm even changing the wineskin, right? I'm changing the whole paradigm, right? He's fulfilling some things 
that, uh, that the law had set up. Of course, he didn't throw out the law, right? But he fulfilled, fulfilled the law. And, and that's part of what Jesus was saying in this passage. He was helping them know that there was something new coming. But as we look at the rest of Scripture, uh, for us today, that, that is a reminder to us. We're reminded of the new thing that Jesus has done, and we're living in that reality today, the resurrection reality. We are reminded of that I believe that this can help us understand that God does want to do a new work in us as well today. He wants to do a new work in us. And that first, uh, that first, if you're using your handout, I encourage you to use that. If not, that's all right. That first blank is that the new wine, I believe, can represent how the Holy Spirit wants to work in your life. Can represent how the Holy Spirit wants to work in your life. Did you know that whether you're here and you have, you know, you're pondering faith, maybe you've never received the Lord Jesus into your life. Whether that's you today, you're welcome. Or you've walked with Jesus, you know, you, co- you don't really remember a time that you didn't, you know, you didn't walk with the Lord. We know there's always a, a decision that is made. And, uh, but, boy, you've walked with the Lord your whole life. You know, either one of those people or anywhere in between, I believe it's foundational to Scripture that God has a new work that he wants to do in your life today. He's always gently nudging us. He doesn't drive us, but he's, je- he's nudging us, leading us as a shepherd would lead their sheep towards greater work in our life, towards our faith growing, towards new heights, new experiences, and new growth. If you've ever, you know, had a time, uh, do you want to go back to that uh, picture of the man again? You know, maybe you've had that experience where you're like, you went for a hike and you found a place of like, boy, isn't this beautiful? You just kind of wanted to, to stay there for a little while. Well, there's, there's more. You know, imagine if that's just we stopped there and we just always remembered that one time back, you know, when we were 20 and we hiked up that mountain. And no, he wants us to keep going, right? We want new experiences like that. And I think that's the same in our spiritual lives. The new wine can represent how the Holy Spirit wants to work in your life. And the next, uh, if you go ahead, two slides there. New wine is about moving forward in our spiritual lives. It's about moving forward in our spiritual lives. You know what? I don't think, and every time I use, can, you know, I think you're, you're getting it, but just to remind us, every time I use that word wine, I'm not speaking of wine, <laughs> right? I'm talking about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And, you know, I don't think we can live on yesterday's wine. God has new wine he wants to give us. Maybe I should rephrase that. He doesn't want us to just live on that. You know, sometimes we just, you know, I'm not talking about the work that, you know, uh, that Christ does in us to save us. But he wants to do more in our lives. And sometimes we just stop. Number two, the wineskin can represent our lives, I believe. So if the new wine represents what the Holy Spirit wants to do, I think the wineskin can represent our lives. Jesus makes it pretty clear that we can't 
Again, can't put new wine into old wineskins. In other words, the Holy Spirit can't pour new wine into our old wineskins because they have already fulfilled their purpose. If you are to receive the new wine, your wineskin has to be made new. The very container that holds the good things God wants to pour into your life must be made new. You know, this idea of our lives being a, a container is all through Scripture. We even, I think we even sung about it in the, the broken, well, broken vessels, right? That we are a vessel, uh, jars of clay. Second uh, Corinthians 4, verse 7, if I can just uh, throw some Scriptures at you today. It says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Only Jesus can make us new. He's the only one who can take, who can make us ready to receive what the Holy Spirit has for us next. In our jars of clay. Sometimes, you know, even that, there's sometimes he breaks those jars. And it's not to hurt us, but it's to help us so we can receive what he has for us next. That's not always easy. But he is a good God, and he, and he loves us. Romans 12, verse 2, talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right? And I, and I don't think that this was just, uh, you know, a one-time thing. I think he constantly is renewing your mind. I don't know about you, but I got, he still has some work to do, right? On me, there's things that he has helped me with, and other things I'm like, God, would you help me? With this, I need my mind renewed. Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen says, "If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone; the new is here." And Ephesians four twenty three to be made new in the attitude of your minds. Do you need a new a new wineskin? Does God need to do something new in you to prepare you for what is to come? Or, or have you drunk the wine, and it's kind of like we say to God, you know, God, can I have some more? And, you know, I, and God kind of looks, looks at us and says, you, you can't, it won't fit in there. You haven't let me do that work in you, and it won't fit in there. Number three this morning, you can't force God's movements into our already set ways. He wants to do something completely new. I think this is what Isaiah is talking about in the verse that Verna read from Isaiah 43, verse 19. It says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You know, as you think of that picture, right? You, If you've been around church, you probably have heard that scripture several times but you think of that picture how couldn't you see it (laughs) right you're in a dry desert wasteland and there is a spring springing up bringing water why wouldn't you be able to see it if a stream burst up from a dry parched land paul speaks about this in first corinthians 2 verse 9 and 10. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived. The things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us 
by his spirit. I believe the spirit reveals those things. We can have blinders on. Why wouldn't you be able to see? Well, maybe, maybe we're trying to force the new wine into the old wineskin. It doesn't quite work. The work God wants to do in and through us is, is hindered when we can't or won't accept his new wine. When we can't even perceive that he is doing something new. You know, I've met, uh, I've met Christians that are closed to the new wine of the Spirit. And, and it's sad, and I'm afraid at times uh, we settle for much less than what God has for us. When we lose, when we lose our thirst for new wine, and we kind of live on that old wine. When we lose our thirst for our new work in us, in what happens? What happens? Well, we can become stagnant, right? We can become stagnant, unattractive. When we think of wine being poured into wineskins, what's it, what's it there for, right? When you just think very practically, what is it there for? It's there to be carried and poured out to be used. And you know what? I think that this is a process that God wants to do in our lives. He wants to continually fill us up and, and, and into our, our containers, our jars of clay, our wineskins. And he wants us to pour that out in service to him. And he wants to fill us up again. And there's this constant motion that God wants to do in our lives. You know, I think, I think the church today, and really it has never, never not been true, but we need, we need new wine from the Holy Spirit. But sometimes the church is unwilling. To, we have this wineskin, and we're like, no, we want what we had before. And what can happen, right? What can happen? And I, I sense that, you know, if you have uh, been around, you have seen this. What can happen is that we can become cynical. And we can say, you know what? I don't think God really does anything anymore, right? We have to drink the old wine because that's all we got. And so we're just going to kind of stay there. But I don't believe that's true. <laughs> I believe the Holy Spirit wants to pour New wine. I love what Pastor Brian Houston said. He says, honor the past, live for today, but build for the future. There is a future that God has for us individually, as us as a church, and us as his church in this world. We cling tightly to the gospel of Jesus Christ and his word. We're not saying that it's just, you know, everybody should just do whatever they want. You know, even as you think of that, and I don't know if your brain works this way, but, but Jesus said that I will give a new wineskin. There is a container, right? And we believe that container in the broadest sense is the Lord Jesus and his word. You know, it's not just kind of a loosey-goosey whatever you want. We look to him always. We always look to God's word and scripture and to the Lord Jesus Christ and the work that he wants to do in us. And so I think there's some questions that we can ask ourselves today. <clears throat> the first one is this. I have three, three questions. Have you 
have you been focused on the wineskin and missed the new wine that God wants to pour into your life? Have you been focused on the wineskin and missed the new wine that God wants to pour in your life? You know what? Can I just say that when I, when I think of this, there's been some times in my life where um, I was not able to receive what God put in front of me. I can see that more clearly now, looking back. At the time, I maybe didn't see it. But I wasn't really able to receive. I squandered some of my time in, in my growth. And God said, boy, I, I've put this in front of you. And in some ways, you could say, well, I've, I've uh, you know, this is, I know that this is your desire. And I hadn't really worked on my wineskin. And I wasn't really able to receive it. And I'm thankful God is gracious, you know, and he can help us and he can, he'll continue and he'll have some new wine. But I look back and think with regret a little bit, to be honest, did I not surrender, (laughs) surrender my vessel to the Lord? The old wineskin might hold the new wine for a while, but eventually it will burst, right? And the blessing will be lost, or at very least, some of the potential of the blessing will be lost. Ask Jesus to to make you a new container, right? We have this image in Scripture of being broken, and only Jesus can fix the vessel. (laughs) Only he can put it back together. So maybe you're feeling broken today. You know, it's not easy, but if you understand what I mean, what a wonderful place to be in. Because God can put you back together and pour something brand new into you. Number two, my question. What happens if you recognize that your wineskin has burst? (laughs) That's a funny question. I don't know. But what happens if you recognize that your wineskin has burst? You know, as I kind of look back and think, okay, what did, you know, God, what, what should I have done? with some of these things. God was trying to do something beautiful in your life, but maybe you didn't receive it. And you'll you'll be tempted to say, think and act, that God has stopped moving. Because you think, well, boy, there's nothing new. There's nothing new he has done. But he hasn't. It's just that the new wine hasn't been able to be contained. It has spilled. And God can restore you. We don't need to look back in regret. We look back and say, God, teach me. (laughs) Teach me what I need to learn from this. But God gives us a new day tomorrow, a new wine. Number three, how do we know if it's, how do we know if it's new wine? And uh, you know what? I, I hope, I hope that you're not sitting there, what is he talking about? I don't understand any of this. I hope you're not doing that today. Please come and talk to me if you are. But, you know, I am talking in quite a broad sense here. How do we know what's new wine? Right? It's, it, it could be a lot of different things, right? There's a new work that God wants to do in me. How do I know if it's from God? How, there's a new work he wants to do in our church. How do we know? it? Is this from you, God? And, you know, we could probably spend, you know, more than one message on just that question. But I'm struck with one principle of the wineskin, as we have talked about it today. 
I think we have to answer that question with a question. Does it stretch us? Does it stretch us? You think of that new wine being poured in the new wineskin. There's a sense where there's a stretching that happens of that wineskin to, to hold that wine. And you know what? I, I think the answer, if you follow my train of thought, if we, if we would say, well, no, it doesn't really stretch us. It's just really good, right? I don't know if that's always from the Lord. God always wants to stretch us. He always wants to do something more in us. And you know what? It's not, and we're tempted to say, and I'm even tempted to say, but wasn't what you did good? You know, wasn't this back here good? And it was, you know. There's good things that God has done. But he wants to stretch us and make us ready to receive that new wine that he wants to pour into us. So, the question, I like questions, but we need to, to ask of ourselves today as we close, and uh, as I'd love to sing a song for us, um, is pretty simple. Do you, do you want new wine? Thanks so much for listening today. It's our prayer that you would discover the love, joy, and purpose found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. We would love to hear from you, or better yet, why not visit us? You can find out more about our church at our website, LaurentianChurch.com. Laurentian Wesleyan Church, following Christ, growing together. Thank you.